0: Welcome to the OA Virtual Kitchen Sink Meeting Podcast. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroup at oalaig.org for information on how to join our meeting live and how to donate to support this meeting and our podcasts. The opinions expressed on the Kitchen Sink Podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not represent OA as a whole. And now, our speaker. My name is Connie, and I am a compulsive overeater, especially when it comes to anything with sugar. Um, I'm just noticing a few more uh, very familiar faces, so I'm very happy to see a lot of uh, people I love and know. And as always, I'm very grateful for this Zoom capacity to meet more people. Um, Thank you, Ellie, for inviting me. Uh, Those of you that know me will know that this is an early rising for me, so um, it's good. It got me me up, it got me thinking, and uh, I did have a wave of anxiety, but I have a little prayer that I say before leading the meeting, so if you'll indulge me. Great mystery of the universe, please guide me in sharing my experience in ways that will be useful to others. Relieve me of all concern for myself or what others think of me. I trust that you love me and want me to be of service in this way. Thank you. And then I can take a deep breath and know that I am with other people who either are just coming to realize or have for a long time realized that that we share a disease. That for whatever reason, and I don't try to analyze anymore, um, we've, uh, developed a disease that tells us that the best way to comfort ourselves or to deal with feelings or to deal with life is to eat. And um, for me uh, to qualify, um, I came to OA not quite eight years ago. I recently, a couple of weeks ago, celebrated seven years of abstinence. I have never in my life, been at a healthy body weight for that long of a stretch, um, and I came out of complete desperation. So, backing up a bit, uh, I was born prematurely, and I was very tiny, and I was anemic. And from my parents, I heard, especially going to and from the doctors where I had to have blood tests a few times a week, um, eat or you'll be sick. And boy, I observe I absorbed that directive. Uh, in fact, my father said it took us years to get her to eat. But boy, once we got her started, you couldn't stop her. So, uh, I was I was very thin until I was about nine, and then uh, pre puberty and especially in puberty started putting on weight, and that led to a lot of concern on my mother's part, and I um, went, was taken to group meetings not the most famous one right now, but something else. Uh, I drank stuff called Metrical. I had shots from the doctor. I um, would lose some weight. I went through a whole stretch where all I ate was produce. Um, I mean, all of these were given to me, as, as ways to, to maintain it. But of course I was going through puberty and developing. And so I thought every new curve was fat and that sort of played with my mind too. Um, I uh, have struggled with with the weight all my life and um, I'm a double lifetime member of a weigh and pay program. I didn't admit the second time I went that I'd ever been before. Uh, I've been to hypnosis, I've uh, had a wonderful uh, exercise uh, trainer, he's still my good friend. Um, And in each of those things, and in the diets that I tried, uh, and all the books that I read, they all taught me something, and they all worked for a little while. And then they stopped working. So I'm what you might call a latecomer to OA, I was 68 when I came. So you can do the math. Um, Actually, that's wrong. Well, anyway, I'm going to be 76 the end of this month. So there, you don't have to do any math. I'm a math retired math teacher. So I had to throw that in anyway. um, My my main patterns were constantly drinking diet soda as if that would counteract all the sugary stuff. Uh, I recording had, in progress okay um, I um, always had a stockpile both at home and uh, at work I had a drawer that was like a candy junk food drawer um, A lot of that started early in life. I, growing up, uh, I lived not very far from a couple of liquor stores, which could just as easily have been renamed the sugar stores or the junk food stores. And um, there was a lot of alcoholism in my family. Um, At the parent level, aunts and uncles, grandparents very seriously, and so Quite a while back, I started reading the big book for that reason, Um, but it made a whole lot more sense when I read it in terms of my own compulsiveness. Um, So I've been as much as 85 pounds heavier than I am right now. Um, I'm at a healthy body weight. I'm not thin, but I'm... Uh, I no longer dread going to the doctor and being told that the most important thing I could do for myself is lose weight. Um, I'm uh, so very grateful that uh, other people made recordings, which is part of why I said okay to today, because that's how I first got introduced into OA. I listened to the podcast before I had the courage to put my foot in the door. And when I went to meetings... I cried, whether inside or, or a little bit teary-eyed, for at least the first six months I could hardly speak because I was hearing that I wasn't alone. And I was hearing that it's a disease and not a moral defect because I thought I was really failing in um, God's testing of me, uh, which a lot of that came from uh, religious training and background. Um where um, I was very harsh in judging myself. And of course that just contributed to the cycle of low self-esteem and wanting to grab something that made me feel better quickly. Um, So to come and, and learn that it's an allergy of the mind and the body and that there's more to it than a diet list. There's more to it than what the bathroom scale says. Uh, that there's a spiritual solution. And I was a bit afraid of that because my, my concept of God um, had become too much aligned with what I absorbed. And that was a judge, um, someone who was testing me that, you know, there were big rewards way beyond what I could see in this life or whatever, but right now, I was supposed to be strong and be ye perfect and all that. And um, it, to come back, to come to OA helped me to come back to the sense of awe and wonder I had as a child when I would look up at the stars and I'm very interested in the stars and space and um, and just the wonder of being here and through OA and through working the steps, I gradually had some miracles happen in my life. I defined my higher power as the great mystery of the universe, the source of all that is. I, for a long time, could not use the word God because it connotated too many um, what's uh, of other people's concept. Let's put it that way whether it was in a religion or or individuals talking to me. And so I let it be okay. I just thought, it's a mystery. I don't have to totally understand. But by golly, I'm going to act as if, because I want what I see in these rooms. I want what I see in these long-time OA people. Um, I love the phrase in the big book, Enchanted by Starlight. Uh, some things just, you know, really caught me. One of the other, I think it's like page eight, there's a phrase, um, uh, oh, come on, overwhelmed by quicksand, quicksand on all sides of me. I have it here. Let's see, quicksand stretched around me in all directions. And um, that's how I felt. It was a bitter morass of self-pity and fear and anxiety, and uh, as I read the literature, went to the meetings, shared with people, used the tools, and especially for me, the big book, um, with my beloved sponsors. Uh, One I had for six months, but she really launched me into the big book, and the other for uh, all the years since. Um, But as I got to know the program better. This, this concept of the quicksand around me reminded me probably from an old movie when I was young, that if you struggle and kick and scream, you're going to sink into the quicksand. But if you can trust that you're going to be held up and you can allow yourself to float on top and then move your arms gently and trust that you're being held, but you do your little part, you will get to solid land. And that's, for me, just uh, a really important image that I go back to very often. So um, the other thing I like are the acronyms and, uh, and the different sayings. And so um, for step three, trust. Try really using step three. Um Heard that along the way. Hardly anything I say is new to me. But um, to uh, let go and say, I know I can't. I can't do this anymore. It's not working. I'm just out of control. And I want sanity. I can't. These other people say that their higher power can. So I'm going to act as if and I'm going to let that power be in my life and what came back really gradually is a a deep sense of being loved not of being judged but, but of being loved uh, a deep awareness that I can at first I used to say plug into this higher power but be in touch with this higher power and I find when I wake in the morning it's I'll just say God, but you understand my use. Anyway, thank God I'm alive. Thank God for another day. And um, I'm not uh, a super structured person anymore. I was, well, I really was. Uh, Some of you know, um, I was a Catholic sister for a quarter century, and there's a lot of structure there. And then I'm a retired teacher of 42 years in the classroom, and I had a lot of structure there. And of course, I was in control. Um, kind of surprising me right now what's coming out, because I prayed this morning. I said, I'm going to be surprised what I share, too. So it's okay. It's, it's okay. Um, if I leave things out, you can ask me about it. Anyway, I, I read the For Today book. I usually grab it first thing in the morning because it's right next to my stand and I can be brushing my teeth and reading it. Um, sometimes I like to use the section from the big book that's in the 80s on awakening. Um, and and then, and then I vary it. So if you want to know more, you can ask me about that. Um, I found that working through the steps, which I've done just one-on-one with a sponsor and sharing, uh, also at workshops, and I'm saying thank you, and she knows who, um, for two years of of a weekly 90-minute meeting to go through the steps. And each time was able to open myself up a little bit more. Um, I found- Five minutes. Oh, my okay quickly steps four and five for the first time in my life looking at myself honestly I didn't feel like oh it's just I'm just awful I felt I'm human and it's okay and I'm loved and there's a source of help um, with steps eight and nine and you know and everything in between um making amends was a great sense of freedom and because of a lot of the Very difficult things that happened in my family of origin, um, including the loss of one brother when he was 18 in a car accident where a drunk driver hit him. My other brother estranged himself from the family for over 30 years. And I, um, in making amends, paid money on the Internet. Thank goodness for the modern day stuff and found him. Uh, got his address, wrote him a letter in which my paragraph started with, I'm sorry for not being able to protect you better. I'm sorry for leaving home at 18. I'm okay. And I didn't think I'd hear back from him because he'd been pretty definitive about not wanting anything to do with anybody. But he wrote back and each paragraph said, I believe that we were kids. I believe we did the best we could. I believe. And I've been in touch with him since. And That's something that I hoped and prayed for. I didn't want to die without seeing my little brother again. Uh, He was brought home on my fifth birthday just to throw that in. So he was my birthday present. Um, And I have a a sister I love very much too. Um, Trying to see if there's anything that I'm forgetting. Um, I'm grateful for OA as a whole, for each individual that I've met. I'm grateful for my sponsors and uh, sponsees. I've learned a lot from my sponsees. And currently, I'm um, going through the steps with uh, a few of them, where I'm doing it also at the same time. And I um, I like that. They're not newcomers, so, so it's a little different. Um, oh, I know. I wanted to show a picture or two. Can you see that? Okay, that's that's a once upon a time for me and I have another one oh yes I like this one because it was a museum exhibit of plates let's see if I can make sure you see okay so instead of three different sizes of clothing it's been really very nice to have the same clothes for Seven years to uh, not be worried about what I'm going to wear when I go to something and and not to be always anticipating that there's not going to be enough food or getting very excited if there was free food (laughs) like bagels and cream cheese at a at a faculty meeting. So anyway, um, I'm a little bit here and there, but when I thought about the word kitchen sink, I thought this is where I throw everything in right. So I'm just going with whatever pops into my head, but I'm happy to to answer questions when that time comes to. So thank you for letting me share. Let's see. If you have a question, please click the raise your hand icon. And Ainsley, did I say it right? You did. Um, Thank you so much for your show. It was so lovely. And I'm just wondering if you have like a morning ritual or routine that you do every day. Um, Well, as I mentioned, it's not always the same, but um, I start, I don't get up fast. (laughs) I start with sitting up and letting myself wake up slowly, that's one of the benefits of, of being retired and um as I mentioned earlier, I read the four today, and if I can't remember what it was a little while later, I go back and read it again um, i um I say the three main prayers, but I adapt them a little bit, which I also learned at the big book workshop that i that I attended so For example, the serenity prayer, I go through, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, and then I list them, and I pray for those people. Usually it's people that I care about. Uh, Courage to change the things I can. What am I most aware of right now that I need to do better? And for me, that's usually, okay, when am I going to exercise today? I have to get out and walk. I have to do those weightlifting things for my bone mass. I've got to, you know. So I try to think of those. And then the wisdom to know the difference, usually just to be quiet and see what comes up. Um, Third step prayer, similarly, I pause. Um, You know, uh, God grant me, I can't even think. (laughs) Sorry, losing my train of thought. But anyway, in the parts where it's it says something generic, I fill in the details and rewrite it myself. And I I also find if if I've like right now I'm dealing with something with my sister, I usually write out a prayer and then go back to it when the feelings get kind of overwhelming. So that's pretty much how I start my day. I will also say while I'm doing little things like folding laundry or making the bed or whatever, I use uh, an audio version of the big book and I listen to it um, that way. In fact, recently I was sharing with another sponsee that um, it's the end of chapter nine where it talks about eating sweets being a good thing for the alcoholic and thinking, uh, yeah, and I see a big smile on somebody's face because I talked with her about it. Um, so usually that kind of gets me up and going too. So I hope I've answered that. Uh, Frank. Thank you, Connie. What a beautiful share. Thanks for being here today. So I have a question about you. Um, any challenges and or successes you've had in the past regarding forgiveness and or resentments? Yes, yes. Um, Because of how long I lived before I came to OA and started working the steps, um, a good number of the people that I needed to either forgive or be forgiven by had already passed on. So, um... I wrote letters I wrote letters and then um, read those letters to my sponsor and then sometimes um, went to the cemetery and read them Um, very hard for me most of my life I will just be blunt to forgive my father Um, he, he was violent he was abusive and and I've come to understand he had a disease uh, it wasn't all alcoholism it was mental as well and you know depression and all but very hard for me to have dreams most of my life reliving some of those those situations especially where I couldn't help protect my younger brothers and sister um, I've since come to understand that for me, forgiveness is sort of just letting go of any need to relive it, to be angry about it. But but I'm not going to forget. So it, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing thing. And sometimes when a family member shares something that was hurtful that either I forgot about or didn't know had happened to them growing up, it, it triggers that again. Um, so that would be the biggest one of forgiving somebody else. And then forgiving myself and saying it's okay not to be perfect because I grew up the oldest needing classically to be the protector, to make everything better. Um, my mother would say things like, if your kids would just be good, he wouldn't do that. And so feeling it was all my time when he was angry. Um, so, please, uh, I do, sir, okay, that. That wasn't for me. Okay. Um, So uh, yes, it's been an important part. And for me too to let go of that uh, great judge in the sky that's going to punish me for every little thing I did wrong. And to say, I know that you want to help me. And I want to grow. And therefore, it's much easier to forgive others too, because they're human. And um, I hope that answers your question. Uh, Sandy. Hi, thank you so much for your lovely share. Um, how long have you been at a healthy body weight and um, can you tell us what your plan of eating was or your abstinence, I know besides working the steps, but what about that technical thing? Right. Um, well, I've been at a healthy body weight for uh, not quite seven years. Um, my uh, abstinence date was July twenty ninth. Um I'm not exactly sure, but um but I will say that when I came to OA I was on my you know, I did this a lot over the years and the longest stretches I think I have was like two years of you know, not escalating. Um so uh each time I went a little higher. So um, I was, for most of my life, I was 5'7", now I'm 5'6". And I got up to over 225. And um, I knew I was on my way there again. And I came when I was not quite back at 200. And I thought, I don't really even care if I lose weight. I really meant that for the first time in my life. I just want to be sane and healthier than I am. And for the first time in my life, the weight came off without dieting. It was miraculous. My um, initial way of, uh, of approaching abstinence was to do the red, yellow, and green light foods. And once I honestly put down my list of red light foods, I tried to focus on what I did like. So a lot of people know I love blueberries and I indulged in them. I, you know, have some almost every day. Uh, They're also antioxidant and I'm a cancer survivor. So that that's, you know, a good thing, but um, anything sugary, anything with sugar in the first few ingredients I don't eat. This is not my food anymore. And, and I don't miss it. Um, Diet soda, any soda, um, salty snacks, uh anything like out of a bag that gets my hand arm reflex going um, uh, i don't eat most fast food though you know if that's all that's available i sort of accommodate it but but usually no um and then i have lots of little things that go in there uh i do eat bread but usually like in a sandwich or as part of a meal not just all by itself but that's never been a big problem for me, unless it was sweet. <laughs> so some kind of sweet bread, then, then it's a problem. Um, so also because of my um, acid reflux and a few other conditions that I have, I my doctor says I should eat small amounts more often. So I, if something would, would have been a normal meal for me before, I might have half of it now and two hours later have the other half, just as an example. Um, but but not grazing and not binging. So I'm, you know, very aware when I've, I've had too much and I'm uncomfortable. But um, I hope that answers that. Uh, Bob. Yes, Bob, uh, compulsive overeater, recreational sugar addict. Thank you for your share. Um, Can you talk a little bit about service and maybe sponsorship or a sponsorship part of your service? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, I was very nervous and anxious about being a sponsor. And so now I try to encourage my sponsees, you know, when they reach a certain point to to be open to that and um, not to think that they have to be perfect or have all the answers because I certainly don't. Um, I really resonate with what I heard um, a speaker talk about once, was that the the sponsee or the person new to OA is the driver of the car. They They know where they want to go, and it's their car. And I'm in the passenger seat as a companion, and I have the map of how I got there. And so when they want me to share that, I do. That's how I got there, but it's up to them. And it it's taken me a while and I still pray for some of the people who just sort of faded away. That, you know, worse you know, I, I worked with them for a while and they just moved on or dropped out. But I have others that I've I've stayed in very close contact with. Um I check with my sponsor before I say yes to anyone new. And uh, we've sort of agreed on what my maximum is, which currently is five. and um, and each one is different and I really believe that this uh, this program being a spiritual program and being um, one of, of of complete honesty, I want it to be a very safe relationship and a very honest relationship and Uh, and then I just, I keep learning with my sponsees. So, um, so yes, I, I do do that. Um, I've been involved with my home meeting from the beginning when it was in person and now that it's virtual and have tried to make that my main commitment to to helping to keep that going. Um, I'm, uh. Always, I it- of, okay, double checking with myself that I'm probably not making enough phone calls at a particular time. So I'll try to increase them, reach out to people or um, think if, if there's something else that I can do, but, um, but yes, you know, when, when we had the OA birthday party, I always loved doing something like selling the literature or um, helping to introduce at a meeting and that type of thing. But Maybe we'll get back to that when this pandemic's over. Uh, Ellie? Thank you, Connie. I really appreciate your share. And I felt the honesty as you talked about. Um, In in the big book, it tells us that sobriety, or in our case, abstinence, is just the beginning. Now that you have your food in order can you talk about the things that you've seen in yourself that have changed in relationship in general with other people etc from when you first came in to now mm-hmm. Yes thanks Ellie um I'm very aware of feeling much more comfortable, like I never in a million years would have shared personal stuff with very many people at all, much less to to a group that are like instant friends, whether I know you or not, um, and shared it in a way that wasn't full of shame. I am no longer uh, so hesitant because I don't feel that shame anymore. I feel I'm human and, um, and I'm much more comfortable just being me. Um, I also find that I can be much more patient with, with others because they're doing the best they can. And, and one of my main character defects, uh, my first sponsor called it self-importance and I kind of felt the sting of that but it was, I was trying to solve everybody else's problem. You know, hadn't solved all of my own, but boy, I sure had the answer for her and her and him and whatever. And um, not giving unsolicited advice, I have to catch myself on that still. Um, but I'm much better, I think. I think I'm much better at that. Um, I. Uh, I notice, like even today, I can enjoy myself even when we're talking about a disease because we all share it and we all accept each other and care about each other and it just gives me a lot of joy. I, uh, I'm very grateful to you, Ellie, for a lot of things and you know that, um, but, uh, but a lot of it was learning to start my sentences with I, you helped me with that. Thank you. Thanks, Connie. Any other questions? Vincent. Perfect. So, Thank you for your share so much, Connie. I have a question about the evolution of uh, your concept of a higher power, because I can see that you must have had one. So can you tell us about it and how it has changed uh, through the program? hmm mm-hmm. um, I, I always felt myself uh, holding on to that phrase as we understood, um, that it was okay if I didn't fully understand, but that I could live in awe at knowing that there is something, something bigger, greater unfathomable um, I don't have it right here but um, as I go through the big book I think I have a list of six or seven different um, ways that a higher power is referred to spirit of the universe um, mystery of the universe um, of course it's not all going to come to my little brain right now but uh, me, I'm sorry is that time um I've I've just come to feel that I'm held and loved and it's not the religious controlling concept that I had for much of my life. Sorry that's so short, Vincent. I, I would explore that more in the future. Thank you. But I think it's time for